It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday september 19th and you're listening to episode 538 as always i am your host jason here today joined by a whole bunch of people i've got with me banana chan gray dietrich nate darty and special guest popping in sometimes on his own kelly hoagland hey everybody how's it going hi Howdy. Can you, can you really call Kelly special at this point? He's been on enough. <laughs> no more special than I can call you, Nate. <laughs> and you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea was that he's only he he couldn't record with us because there were. Uh, so last time I did a recap for Gen Con, I literally said, hey, here are two times uh, that we might be able to do it. And every single person said both of those work for me. Like within two minutes of me asking it was insane like i can't schedule one person that easily uh and i knew that it wouldn't last this time and this time we were only able to find a time when uh four of the five of us could meet so kelly will just uh throw it over to kelly uh for the weather as banana said <laughs> <laughs> to be fair uh, gen con is you know early august and it's still very much summer mode like, right right grand con is is labor day weekend i came home you know, my kids were like my, so my wife actually went for a trip to Disney before I got home from Grand Con. Like my parents had to watch the kids for a few hours because she left before I got back and, you know, and then they're straight into school and you got stuff going on. I had to, for my, I work uh, for university for study abroad. So I had to go there for a study abroad fair Then like, it's just set early September is so much crazier than early August. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, I know I have kids back in school and all sorts of stuff. Is everybody settling in? Did everybody make it out safely without getting sick at yep. Grand Con? Yeah. I tested yeah. twice and both times negative. So awesome. Awesome. I'm going to keep testing. I don't know. I'm paranoid like that. <laughs> I actually, I tested when I didn't, t- I only told Kelly, but I actually tested when I was there uh, the Saturday night because from wearing, I had gotten a different style of mask and I had a super headache by the end, which I know Nate, you know, cause I was having dinner with you and I was like, I just got to go back to bed. Uh, so I took a test just before bed, just in case. And it was fine. And that next morning, Kelly tested just in case as well, even though he was fine. Um, and we were both negative and I felt great the next morning. It was truly just, wow, you're wearing a mask that's pulling on your head all stinking day. So yeah. 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 Plus I typically get headaches at cons. I don't know what it is about conventions, but like maybe it's just uh, I'm allergic to people. I have a people allergy. It could be that. One of the things we talked about is, um, and Banana, this is you came to Grand Con a few years back, right? Yes, twenty uh, nineteen. I think yeah. it was twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so everybody remembers that it was across the the big hallway there in that kind of wide open, all yeah. concrete. Uh, space and it's so echoey and everybody's talking, yeah. and, you know, and Gen Con's the same way, these big wide open concrete spaces. But this year it was in a slightly smaller hall, not that much smaller, mm-hmm. but it was carpeted and the walls had something on them that, you know, was a little more buffering to the noise. And it just was so much more pleasant from a, a volume, like actual noise point of view that I didn't feel like I had to yell just to like be heard. 
And I think that helps a lot with, you know, I didn't lose my voice for the first time at a con in a long time. And right. Especially wearing masks, yelling right? Yelling headache. I still have the mask headache, but not the yelling headache. Right. Uh, so Gray, you were, you both, you and Bayonetta were there last time. You, you two enjoyed the room this time that they had for us. I sure did. Um, yeah, like, like, uh, Nate said, it was a little smaller. Um, they didn't quite fill up the space this year. Um, I think there's still some hesitancy of like people like coming back to a big con still. Um, but they were still a lot of people there, especially Saturday Mm -hmm. And yeah, the lack of echoes that we didn't have to, you know, yell over people and stuff because it in an echoey room, it becomes one of those feedback things where as soon as like some people get louder, then other people have to get louder to talk over them, then other people have to louder get talk over them. Um, But just like the little bit of carpeting in the shape of the room just didn't have to work to to be heard. And it was it was great. In Banana, did you have a booth last time? You didn't, did you? No. So uh, as a guest, you get the option of, well, okay, we sort of like bargain for a booth. So um, as a guest, you typically get like um, hotel and also you get your flights taken care of. Mm -hmm. So last last time uh, I asked for a flight and then this time I was just like, hey, like, can we just have a booth? And Brian was very nice and was like, yeah, definitely. So we had a booth this time. Um, And yes, same thing. Love the carpeting. Most Mm -hmm. conventions where there is like a convention hall or exhibit hall involved, uh, there is no carpeting. So you have to bring your own like foam tiles, uh, which really sucks. Um, But I really like this convention center mostly because like the load-in bay is really easy too. Like you just like drive in, walk like not even like what, two minutes and you're already there. You're already set up. Mm -hmm. It took us like maybe like I want to say like 10 to 15 minutes to set up and that was it. Nice, nice. And you had the prime spot where everybody really did. had to walk by. I know. Yeah. You were like, <laughs> walk in the door, boom. Right there. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely very nice to see all the people. Um, though I did have to like say the same pitch like over and over again. Um, so that was a thing. But that's yeah. like with every convention. Um, to piggyback so, off the, uh, oh, yeah, the, go ahead. the loading stuff in part, and to tell you one of my experiences, um, every Thursday, the day before the con, I always volunteer for Brian to help load in the game library. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just that straight shot across the back of the room to just get all those racks of, of games in. We could talk about the game library a bit more later if you want, but like that was incredibly convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It was a bit more of a convoluted behind the scenes trek um, when we had like the bigger rooms in 2019. So, where does the game library live when it's not at Grand? Is it, is it on those shelves all the time? It's it's on those racks. Those racks have wheels, and they get. Oh. Uh, Brian Lenz rents a. A uh, moving truck that has like a little hydraulic uh, platform lift in the back, um, and they get stored in a in a storage um, place that is that is rented for them. Do you know um, where that storage place is? <laughs> just just the- curious. I'll leave it out if you say the address. Don't worry. <laughs> I know exactly where it is. 
So uh, you know, maybe throw a little get... cash my way and uh, get some free <laughs> games out of the deal. Hey, listen, I'm not going to steal it all. I just want to peruse, you know? Right. Well, the, Gray, were you there when uh, Matt or when Ben Pinchback and Jason got into a little uh, competition? <laughs> there's, uh, there's this young guy who is, uh, started talking about like he was a designer and he was just getting into it. And we were, so we were just kind of chatting with him. And, and I didn't have that in the game library because, yeah, in the game library. And uh, Ben was there, though. So I was like, oh, yeah, he, you know, like he published this game right here. And I just pointed at one of his games. And then Jason was like, well, I've got this game. And he goes and finds another one. And Ben's like, all right, I'm looking for, you know. And, and so Ben's finding Ladder 29. And he's like, well, actually, Beta Colony's right over there. And he's like, yeah, Morocco's right there. Like they were going back and forth trying to point out all yeah. their published games to impress this kid. Honestly, I was I was just trying to fight with Ben. Seeing the guy. Yeah, I was like, Jason, you're never gonna win this battle. But. Oh no, no, no! I actually, I the one of my games that they should have. I should make sure that maybe they don't have it anymore. I should donate a copy. Uh, is into the Black Forest. So I couldn't find that. I was a little bummed about that, but it is possible that they just don't have the copy anymore. So luckily, I have some, so I could definitely, uh, yeah could donate one but shout out to their game library while we're talking about it Heck it yeah. is expansive expansive there are so many games there it was funny because jonathan chaffer and i wanted to go look at one game and i don't even remember what it was um we were working on our game our super robo country game and we were like hey we should like we should go look at this game and they didn't have it which was hilarious because they had like every other game that i could think of but they happen to not have the one and i wish i can remember what it was I think it was, was an older game. I just say, so. was it the Mario level 99 or whatever? Or? Oh, level up. No, they had Mario level up. So, level yeah. Up. No, it was a completely different game uh, where they were using uh, tiles or something in a certain way. And so we wanted to look at that and see how they were doing it. I think, I don't know. Jonathan will probably message me and be like, hey, dummy, it was blah, 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 blah. Now I know he'll do that, that I've said that. So, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I've been in. I'm assuming you did not get to use the game library because you were busy running games. Nope. But uh, people did ask me if my games are in the game library, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> right, right, right. Buy a copy here, and then you'll have a game. You ran? Did you run Jungsha, or was there? Is that all you ran, or were there some of the other games? Yeah. So it was a combination. So I ran, I ran one session of Jiangsha on Friday, and then I ran two sessions of Battle of the Boy Bands uh, that same day. And then the next day I ran um, a, a prototype of Revenants, which is another game that Sen, uh, Senfone Lim and I are working on right now for uh, Van Ryder games. It's a TTRPG. Um, but I ran a session of that. That was a prototype. It went well. And then after that, Ran two sessions of Battle of the Boy Bands again. And then on the final day, I ran uh, another prototype uh, called Teen Dung, uh, which was uh, which is being designed by myself, uh, Calvin Wong Tse-Loon, and uh, his partner, D, um, and Senfone Lim. So that's like another thing for Evil Hat. Nice. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I know you were busy a lot. I constantly, we were um, kind of in the middle area. We we would always just go for a big area of tables where there was the biggest gap of people, which tended to be in the same spot 
every time and i would see you just going back and forth <laughs> consistently because <laughs> you were at the front for your booth and then at the very back of the hall which you know was not that far <laughs> but was where you were running games so yeah well that was yeah. another thing that was a little different even with the smaller hall they had all the rpg games in the just in the back of the hall where mm -hmm. normally they were all in those separate rooms on that second floor. Right, right. So, Did that work okay back there? Was that quiet enough to do the RPGs? Oh, yeah. yeah, it was totally fine. Um, that section was totally fine. I expect. I don't know why I expected it to be like louder, but it really mm -hmm. wasn't. Um, maybe it's the soundproof walls. Maybe it's just like the way it's spaced out. I'm not sure. But yeah, everything worked out fine. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, I was, was just curious. Um I think it was nice for the vendors too, having those, you know, like the curtain walls up just because it gave their booth some like structure and some privacy, but then also um, deflected some sound, you know, so it wasn't just a straight shot of sound going through, right? So there yeah. were not many publishers in the exhibit area. It was There were three yeah. little board game shops mm -hmm. and then a number of, of, creators of you know dice uh wood products etc really but nice stuff yeah there was some cool there stuff really in there. weren't a ton of actual game publishers though it was kind of interesting maybe yeah, no there was game in a curry um dph uh, i think um uh, smirk and dagger were there yeah, yeah smirk and dagger was there um the uh team that did uh chew was there as well um oh yeah i don't remember the name of that isn't oh is that dph or no oh, wait that is dph wait no is okay. it no is it, i don't know peter peter's company i'm sorry peter <laughs> i forgot the company name well there was um there was um what is the name of that company uh indie press revolution was there oh okay. maybe they were with ipr okay yeah yeah I think they, I think that one was with IPR. Cause I think I remember seeing that game. So they were okay. like on that very end at the front. It just so. it made me curious if these last couple of years have made, and I don't know, banana, maybe you can comment on this uh, certainly more than we can. If it's made publishers sort of reevaluate the role cons play in their business in general. And, and maybe for some of them, the value of the smaller mm -hmm. cons just, you know, I think it's it. I got the appearance just from the little bit I've known from publishers. It like, you know, a lot of times you go to a con, you're not going to make money or very little money. Certainly not uh, enough to usually justify it, but you do it for your presence, for for getting your name out there, for some sort of somewhat intangible future benefit to your company for being at these cons. And I wonder if just the the difficulty of the last two years, particularly with cons, has made a lot of those companies reevaluate the, the their presence there in in a much more hardline way. Yeah, because um, that just even I mean, obviously, even Gen Con had some missing booths and things. Mm -hmm. but like uh, these smaller cons have had so few, uh, so many fewer game publishers there. So. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that, so there are the two big selling cons, right? So um, Gen Con is the one big selling con, and there's definitely uh, PAX Unplugged now is another mm -hmm. big selling con. Um, Origins, not so much. Like Origins, people go for, um, you know, the brand recognition. They're just basically like, 
having a storefront for, um, you know, a Prada or something like that. Like, that's why I equate it to um, sometimes, mm-hmm. with, like, you know, uh, booth presence and publisher presence. Uh, but specifically, like Gen Con and Packs Unplugged, those two are like the big ones that you sell at, um, mostly because of like the the demographics and like the people that are, that are going to the actual convention. Right, They're like, right. you spend money. When you go to like smaller conventions, I think the chances of you being able to sell to people, it's, it's slimmer. It's um, and yeah, like maybe that's the reason why there's like fewer publishers. Maybe they are reevaluating, you know, is going to like a smaller con going to be worth it for me. And also just like there's travel, there's, you know, paying your, the people that work behind the booth and there's, you know, all these other expenses that sort of add up, which it, it does make sense if like people are scaling back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, something that we don't think about, right? Like, I know for if you're looking at like, like a smaller publisher or like, you know, there were some people there that had like one game to sell, right? Or they were uh, creators who were just selling the crafty stuff they made. For them, it's like, hey, Grand Con is a super cheap booth, right? And if you're local, like making your money back, not hard, right? Making a profit off it, not hard. But like, you know, if you're a company that has to ship a bunch of stuff there, right? Like it doesn't matter that the booth is, you know, 100, 200 bucks. It's it's or whatever they charge. Right. It's still going to be um, you're still going to lose money probably with that. Right. And you were fortunate that you got a deal on a booth and you were coming anyway. So I'm assuming you just packed it all in your car and, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely like a no brainer for us. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, well, for me, it was a little sad because. I, one of the things I've enjoyed about Grand Con is it did typically have, um, you know, like North Star was usually there and Calliope and some other like decent sized companies. And because it was kind of the end of con season and it's a smaller con, people were chill and relaxed and it was a good time to like try to pitch, you know, without, you know, like Gen Con, you have to get in months early to get a 15 minute pitch window or whatever. And so it was kind of sad to me because I didn't get to pitch to anybody. Right, <laughs> you look too busy, right. Anna, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're also scaling back, so. Right, right. So it was just, uh, I, I kind of missed that opportunity. But I also, yeah. I get it too. There were a couple companies that are typically there that I was like, oh, I'll try and chat with them when they're there. And then they just weren't there. Or or they're the, the people who would be the pitch people were not there. So, um, so yeah, that was... That was a little bit of a bummer. Um, the nice thing was, you know, we were able to just focus on, on getting a lot of playtesting in. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Grand Con historically has been actually a really good place to pitch games because there were just enough publishers and just enough people that they had time to like play a whole game of yours if they were interested in it, you know, which never happens at Gen Con, right? It's like, let's play for 20 minutes and okay, good, we got this. So, um, so yeah. Well, Let's hop back just a little bit. Um, I always like to, to chat about like what I was, what is everybody doing to get ready for the con and stuff? Uh, we all drove in. I know that Banana had the longest drive, but so Banana, what was your, um, you, you had some games to play and stuff. What was your prep like for the con? And your uh, travel? So pack the car, um, <laughs> made sure we had prototypes ready, uh, made sure we had uh, product ready. 
uh, talk to all of our friends who have games who want to sell said games. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing was that uh, I think it was like three or four weeks prior, I went to another convention called FlameCon. And while I was selling there, uh, this is in Manhattan, while I was there, um, I was hanging out with my friends and I was just like, hey, like if you have extra product, I could take it to another convention called GrandCon. Like we'll just sell mm-hmm. more stuff there and we'll just take like a small percentage. Um, right, right, right. So, and that's why we had um, a little bit extra product at the convention. Mm-hmm. And so we were selling stuff there. Um, and then, of course, taking like a bajillion COVID tests just in case. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. Packing, I don't know, like wet wipes and like, you know, stuff that pre-pandemic we wouldn't have to worry about as much. But now it's just like, okay, do we have like our own sheets? Do we have like our own, um, like, I don't know, Lysol spray, like random things like that. And making sure that like on top of that, like because we are public facing, because we are like, you know, playing games with other people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, making sure that like everything gets wiped down after it's used and also like bringing mm-hmm. extra mess for the people that we're playing with. Uh, right, right. so yeah, it's, it's just that little bit more prep than, than usual. <laughs> right. I, I enjoyed that at your table, you had all the pins that I believe that Herb makes. Um, and there was a thing next to it that the sanitizer that said, please use sanitizer before touching the pins. And I was like, yeah, right on. Sometimes people forget and that's okay. Right. Right. Down later. <laughs> but like, you know, the important thing is that like, if, um, it's just there, right? Like if yeah, people want yeah. to use it, it's there. Well, it's nice. It shows that you're, it shows that you're, you know, trying to uh, make it as safe as possible for everyone. And I think that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, we also had it at PAX Unplugged and because none of us got sick, we were assuming like, Hey, there must be a reason. Let's just right, keep right. doing this. <laughs> yep. It is nice wearing a mask and not just getting your old general con crud when you come home. Like that is like mm-hmm. 10 points for that. I enjoy that. <laughs> not getting home and just being sick uh, or having like a cough or something just because of, you know, all the people in general. Absolutely. Yeah. How about sure. you, Gray? What was it like getting, uh, what'd you all have to get ready for the con? Gray had the, the quickest travel. <laughs> yes. I know. I am uh, within a mile. Con. You were within a mile of the con? Within a mile of the con. I yeah. know where you, you live, walk. but I spatially I'm having trouble like picturing how close that was. Yeah. Yeah. So it's super convenient for me to just be able to go home and sleep in my own bed every night mm-hmm. um, with my cat. Um, but as far as prepping to get ready, um, I knew that I wanted to bring a bunch of prototypes and play it with other designers that I don't normally have access to. Um, so I have a bunch of ones that I'm juggling and I had to kind of narrow it down. Okay. I'm just going to focus on like, not just bring like eight things. Um, just try and narrow down to the, the three or four that I really wanted to bring. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a matter of like getting all the physical versions up to date and it's especially difficult because the game group that I run, um, we do, I basically every other week I'm online for a week using online tools and then physical a week doing, um, like physical prototypes. So I had to do some extra careful work to make sure that my physical prototype that I brought was up to date with all the changes from both sources. Yeah. Um, but 
got that all sorted out. I brought, um, uh, I brought Ian Winningham. He's been on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, he and I have been uh, co-designing a game called Favored. It's a deck builder that we've stolen the theming from uh, Super Giants video game Hades. Um, but it's basically about appeasing uh, various gods in the Greek pantheon to get victory points. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super fun. Yeah, it, it was. It was adorable too. I I was a little sad that it wasn't your artwork. The your artwork is great. Yeah, unless we approach Supergiant and say, "Hey, do you want to publish this?" Like, uh, <laughs> like, like Riot Games put out that um, uh, that what was it? Mechs versus Minions was that the name of the game? Or I think it was something else. That's anyway, true. the 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 League of Legends uh, guys put out a a board game that did massively successful. So unless we approach Supergiant and like get their blessing, yeah, we're gonna have to change the art. And that's real sad because their art's amazing. It really is. Though you could easily like that like chibi type style. Like you could find someone who could you know do something in that vein for sure with just new artwork. So yeah, yeah. Um, also assembled um, a prototype of Grubs um, that is the, yeah. the, the, the co-design that my board game group, also named Grubs, um, has Just kind of co-designed. I'm definitely the lead designer on it, but um, it's, it's the, uh, the game that we put together uh, towards the start of the pandemic times. Um, as like a group project to work together as we were figuring out online tools and whatnot. A lot of them for the you, first time. You actually talked about that on an episode of building the on game. Two different episodes. Yeah, you've talked yeah. about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, eventually that game is um, like also part of the project is I want to run a crowdfunding campaign of my own just to, I don't want to make a business or anything, but I want to see all the ins and outs of that from behind the scenes. And it's probably more work than I want to do, but I'm eventually going to do it. Is that you're and, saying? And you, will be, <laughs> and you will be on the show for that too. So, cause we've already planned Absolutely. on that. When you do that, we will get you on the show to chat about what that's like. So I, I, that my previous appearances, I had been plugging saying that it was going to be soon and it's still soon. You know what? Nobody knows how many years or whatever it has been or hasn't been because these last three years, did they happen? Are they happening? Like, what kind of time was it? Because it feels like things were yesterday and they weren't. (laughs) So, you know, yeah. I actually, Banana, after seeing uh, Jingxi at the... um, at Grand Con, I have it, but like seeing you having it for sale, I was like, gosh, when did did banana and sen come on and talk about that and it was two years ago and i was like oh my gosh like it was a hundred episodes ago a hundred. Oh my god uh, yeah right so i was like holy crap because obviously at that point it wasn't even on kickstarter yet um but i was just like wow like that was forever ago mm-hmm. so um so anyways yeah that was pretty crazy so time doesn't matter gray it's fine <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah but you're also you i don't know if you planned on playing no copycats but you ended up pulling out no copycats and we played it and that was a super fun little game too 
Um, yep, that was the lightweight one that I figured I could like piece in anywhere. Uh, favored and grubs are like the heavier ones. Um, but I think no copycats came out Sunday, right? When all our brains were like yeah. a little more fried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was the lighter one. Nice um, and that one's singing beautifully. Like I'm going to approach an artist, I think, to get fancier artwork for it. Um, and then just self-publish that on uh, Game Crafter, maybe crowd sale it, cool. um, maybe eventually pitch it around. I don't know, but I want to I want to dress it up. I feel like it's done. I'm happy with it. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, I don't I think we gave like one or two small suggestions after we played it and it was. Yeah, it's good to go. <laughs> Nate, how was your uh, how was your prep and travel? You uh, also had I don't know if you drove you drove less far than Banana. You were oh, only like sure. seven hours, so yeah, 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 seven hours as opposed to like almost double that. I think from yeah, Jersey. Uh, we took breaks. We had <laughs> breaks between. Yeah, you took two days to do it, right? Yeah, so the travel yeah. time was like two days. Um, <laughs> so two days there, two days back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got up Friday morning and left at 5 a.m. and got into Grand Rapids at one o'clock with the with the time change uh, on five uh, on Friday. So I did it all in the shortest amount of time you could really. That's impressive. I didn't realize I that that's what you did. That is impressive. And, and go pee once. And I think that was it. Um, I just didn't want to pay for the Thursday night hotel room. Really. Yep, that's fair. Uh, but yeah. I wanted to be there on Friday. So. Uh, but I did, so anybody who listened to the Gen Con review, I didn't get to actually do any prototypes at Gen Con because I lost my voice, so I didn't feel like teaching my games. Um, so I really prepped to do some this time. So there was some printing and uh, a new evolution or new version of one of my games that I would kind of uh, wanted to change pretty radically. So... Yeah, just uh, some of the usual, like getting the prototypes ready, making sure I can explain the rules the way I want. Um, so I think I got four four games in front of most, you know, the group that we had. Uh, everything from one that I think is ready to go with s'mores all the way to one that I, I literally pulled out the these little hex papers and I was like, this is kind of <laughs> just an idea. Let's see what happens. It was like, this is an alpha version, like 1.0. And then we really workshopped that one. I feel a lot better. Like I, I was like, I think there's an idea here with these mechanics. And then Gray and Kelly and Dennis like really worked me through it. And I think there's really a, actually not just an idea of an actual game there. So, so I, yeah, I had four different prototypes and four various stages of, of development and I got work on all of them. So I was, happy with that for sure awesome awesome yeah minotaur's maze i got to play that i really really dug that um that's um that has been cleaned up a lot that's like a little um for banana who hasn't seen it i think gray you played it with us right um it's i like, don't believe so I play it oh okay no. it was it's me, um and dennis yeah, it's a, it's a little roll and write where you're building a, a maze and putting monsters in it. And then your then your opponent, well, one of your opponents then runs through the maze uh, trying to uh, stop as many things. And they get points for stopping stuff. You get points for stuff they don't stop. And uh, 
it's yes. clever. The dice well, system. While you're building your maze, it. you're also supplying your adventurer. So that's kind yeah. of a trade off. And it, I love because you roll three dice um, of three different colors. And like in one section, you have to put a dice of a color of one of the colors there. And another one is what numbers you rolled. And then the last one is what what um, polyamino piece you put in. And so it's just it's super cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I switched that from a flip and right to the roll and right. And I have to give Matt and Ben credit for that because I'm playing their prototype of their next big beefy roll and right game that they make. And as I was playing that, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm really starting to figure out what you can do with dice. Like, that's not just the normal roll and right stuff. So I, I was like, I think I can change Minotaur's Maze to use the same principle. And obviously not nearly a, as meaty as what they tend to make, but it certainly was uh, it was a, a nice, like something clicked. And I thought, I think I know what to do now. So it was really nice right. to get that, that play. I'd still need some work, but... I, I at least feel like I'm on the right track now. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, now, now we're going to go to Kelly and Kelly's going to talk about this stuff he did uh, to get prepped and what he brought with him. <laughs> All right, Kelly. Well, here we are chatting with you. Uh, I joked, you know, that I was going to try and edit this all together uh, and make it sound like one show, but that sounded like a lot of work. So uh, we're not doing it that way. Uh, tell me, Kelly, what was your experience like getting prepped in uh, the games you brought and uh, how your testing went? Uh, well, games I brought or getting prepped first, I guess, was I didn't have a whole lot of chance because I had to help a friend uh, with a funeral for his mother-in-law uh, for a decent mm-hmm. chunk of the lead up. Um, so that was a decent chunk of time, but I did manage to apply some of the notes I got from Grand Con for the, uh, the flocking game and, or not Grand Con, from, uh, from Gen Con. I was right, at right. Grand Con. I couldn't get the notes from Grand Con and apply them before Grand Con. Um, uh, so yeah, I got some notes from that. That was great. Um, that was pretty helpful. Uh, from Gen Con. I wish I had gotten to play the second version of the Flocking game at uh, Gen Con, just because it was rough, and I wish I would have been able to make some changes, but I had some ideas on how to shift that around. Uh, but yeah, just applied some changes to the Flocking game and brought that. My prep was pretty pretty light uh, for Grand Con. I was mainly focused on hanging out, since it's a smaller con, so we actually have time to chill and talk to people you don't get to see that much. Yeah, yeah. We did get to play your Frenzy game, though, and made some yeah. good progress on that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that, that, the, the playtesting was awesome that, uh, that round. I really enjoyed uh, getting the feedback. The Frenzy game, I feel like, is to a point where I'm feeling really nice about it. I want to get maybe yeah. a couple more playtests in with some different people and then maybe try to start pitching it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's close. It's certainly close to pitchable. Yeah, it's I mean, you could probably pitch it now, but okay. I, I don't disagree that running a few more live play tests is not a bad idea just because uh, it's like a, a speed burst game. And so, you know, trying to see how that works yeah. is important, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that and there's potential for confusion and conflict. I think your suggestion mm-hmm. of just leaving your hand on the pile when you slap mm-hmm. uh, really cleared up the major sources of that. It's just a matter of I want to see if people do the same thing because you all had played it with slap and take. And so you mm-hmm. kept accidentally yeah. slapping and taking because you're in the moment. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to see. It literally it made it so that like you had no idea what was uh, 
what was going on, right? Like it was yeah. just like, blah, yeah, constantly. I want some of that because it is a frenzy, but right. there needs to be, you need to know something. Well, I think the big drawback with the, just the all out frenzy all the time was just simply that um, you didn't know like, oh, do we take another card? Did I take enough cards? And that was, yeah. I think, you know, most people trying to be honest, were probably taking less cards than they should have. And that was kind of a bummer. So that like, instead of just grabbing a card, everybody would slap a pile and hold their hand on it. Um, and then everyone would take plus people like me were cheating and I knew I wasn't going to be the fastest. So in the original version of the game, I would let everybody slap and take a card and then I would see what other options I had and then slowly take whatever card I wanted. Um, so yeah, which was bad. Um, and what we did find was that everyone else liked the game better when we did that. And that I still was awful at it and, uh, reminded myself that speed games still not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Understandable, but uh, it was a uh, it was a super like I I really do enjoy the game. I'm bad at it, but I you. enjoy it. Thank you. That that says a lot. Yeah, um, I got to pull because I used to love playing uh, six selection stuff like Gin Rummy, and one of my favorite games to play with friends when I was a teenager was ERS. So it was fun to try to combine the two kind of concepts mm-hmm. to the slapping and the set collection, but. And then you also ran a play test of Minecart Madness. I did. Um, I didn't one. get to be a part of, unfortunately, because, yeah, there was the day my family was there, which I was super happy about. But it did mean that I didn't get to do that play test. So, yeah, uh, I watched Gray Dennis. Uh, I believe the guy's name was Rick and um, uh, some guy named Nate played it. And <laughs> some guy named Nate. Got some great feedback from them. Um, we had made a couple changes before uh, to because tr- it felt like the board was depopulating with treasure too fast. That made it too easy to get treasure, and now there's uh, they were getting nobody was using powers. I think Nate like used two, but mm-hmm. but yeah, but good feedback. I sent all that to you. They enjoyed it, so that's yep. that's good. That was very nice because af- after. We haven't gotten to play that one too much in person. So after having one of the in-person playtests, people just not enjoy it because we had we had been the only ones playing it for for months. And yeah, years. yeah, yeah, yeah. For what felt like years, for sure. So um, it's been well, good I mean, to get it, it in was, front of more people. It was at least a year because uh, we've been playing it online, and we started it in right, right. I think it was like March twenty twenty one. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a good point. And it's went through a lot of changes since then. So, Oh, yeah, it has. It has. But, yeah. So it was really fun getting to see people play that and do that. Um, yeah, we got to play some of Nate and Gray's games, and that was pretty cool. I really liked uh, Gray's Grubs, or I guess the, the Grubs, Grubs game. Uh, and the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Grubs, Grubs game was good. Yeah. And so, the, uh, oh, yeah. go ahead. Oh, yeah, and his uh, deck builder based on Hades. Cool. Yes, yeah. super duper fun. Yeah. Um, and Nate, I liked your games too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nah. nah. Well, thanks, Kelly. That was great. Yeah. So now the important part. Let's talk about me. What did I do to get ready? Um, <laughs> so, so not a ton. Um, so actually, no, more than I expected. More than I planned on. Uh, because Michael Wasbrock and I had our game that was about uh, rescuing someone in Alaska. And now it's a Where's Waldo game. 
because that is what you do is that's the, the obviously those two are tied so tightly together um so that is a as a game where you use emojis to attempt to describe where someone is on a map of people and it's called you are here and it was i had a really good time watching y'all play it um you guys had good thoughts on it and good feedback um that was one where actually i was would have totally tried to get you free banana to play it but by the time uh I, you would have had time and i would have had time my family had came that day so i was like well next time i'll have we, we have a copy of it online as well but it's uh it's literally you are you have picked a waldo and then uh you're trying to describe by putting emojis around that waldo uh to show you who the waldo is because it's just a little sign that says you are here and, and uh, kelly, kelly broke it yeah kelly yeah that was great just like the play test of the original version of the game it was totally broke within one play uh so then we changed some stuff around so you couldn't do that kelly basically went against the fun idea of the game which is to describe where the person is and instead described where the person was on the map by using blank cards to show the corners of the map and show where the person was in relation uh so can't do that anymore um (laughs) because that was like you broke it um (laughs) but i'd rather someone broke it now than later you know that's what Um, playtesting is for it is it is in that game historically even the last version consistently got broken um, I also had to put together a pro. I decided to put together a prototype once again for We Have Amnesia, which is a game that I worked on with Corinne Roberts um, that I was really excited about. We made it, and then 2020 happened. I wanted to publish it myself. 2020 happened, and I just didn't. Um, so that is a game where you're just trying to figure out who you are. It's a co-op game. It's a lot of fun, and um, the uh, yeah, the we did one play test of that. And I don't remember who all. Oh, Gray, that was your group that did it, right? Yeah. It was you uh, and Tamra and the friends. Remember, we played we played that the game with the people and the pictures or the faces. You look really confused, but I know you yes. were there. Yes, yes. Holy moly! It took a second it. for it to click in. Oh yes, no. Her, her art's amazing. How her did art I is forget really her good. art? And Banana, you've actually seen artwork from that game because I've showed you artwork over the yes. like the last couple of years. Yeah, and so yes, uh, of the characters. So that went pretty well. I was really happy with that. But that was that was a big game to get ready. I always forget how much that game needs to be prepped because you have like every card. There's actually two of because you've got one that lays on the table and one that you hold up and use to find things. Is that um, that's the one that was originally mustachioed? Is that right? Yeah, it was originally mustachioed and it was just mustaches. And then it was a game where it was just like icons. So it was like sunglasses and mustache and like a hat uh, yeah. But then we swapped it out for actual people um, because so, Corinne is, there's no reason to hire Corinne to have her draw a hat or right. some sunglasses. <laughs> so she's I, literally, I, I literally thought Gray was pulling your chain because you were describing a game called We Have Amnesia and Gray oh. was given this face and you're like, don't you remember, you know, the thing with the people? And, and I was like, Gray is totally messing with you right now. But he wasn't. Uh-huh. Nope. He nope. actually didn't remember. <laughs> because he's nicer than you and Kelly. That's <laughs> um, only slightly. And then uh what else did I bring? Uh I also Kelly and I brought Minecart Madness. Um and well, right um, when I showed up, uh I jumped into a play test of Super Robo Land. Super Robo Country, yeah. That's um yeah, Jonathan Chaffer and I's game, which was the first time that game has ever seen a physical version because we've been playing it online for a couple of years now um which that is a game where you're running through you you're building levels like an old school mario game 
you build the level and then you run through it. It's a we call it a run and write game uh, because you build the level and then you use a marker to go through the game and circle the items you get and the bad guys you interact with. And then at the end of that, you go past a flagpole onto a flat map that you would see like in Super Mario 3 or Super Mario World. And then on that map, you use the resources you've collected to score points and to expand your reach. And um, yeah, and that went super duper well. I was really happy with how that went. It was fun. Yeah. So um, John Chaffer uh, brought that to my design night just tonight um, with a few of the tweaks that we had talked about at Grand Con and already it's just feeling like just a little bit better, a little bit smoother. Um, and got to play it with like someone else who hadn't seen it at all before. So um, we might have a little more feedback coming your way. But yeah, that's that, that game's starting to sing. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we're really excited about it. Um, we just have to find the right publisher. We couldn't get the theme we wanted, uh, which was is I think everybody can guess what that theme was, um, just because there were no publishers that could get that theme. Um, <laughs> so even mass market publishers were struggling to have access to that. So, um, yeah. So anyways, we, uh, are going to keep looking to see, uh, it, it really could be its own theme. It doesn't have to be uh, that theme, but, um, but anyways, yeah, we're pretty, uh, we're pretty excited with how it's going. So, and I think that's all the games I didn't actually get to run a play test of Minecart madness. So that's why Kelly talked about that a couple minutes ago. Cause he ran that play test. So, yeah, that one was tight in the gray Dennis and I played and, Gray ended up, we ended up with the same amount of treasure and Gray won because he had a power up that he didn't use. That's what I heard. Yeah. 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 I got the notes for that. Game, which Win either, on tiebreaker. And, and, and honestly, it would not have been tight except that Gray was very kind to me. I was so far behind. I had like a lot less treasure and I was literally farther behind and, and Gray went to remove his tile and he was going to remove this one all the way in the back and i was like please don't like i think i have just, a you just said it out loud you're just like oh <laughs> i just made these hurt puppy noises and i was like oh i couldn't <laughs> i just tell him to, to Once like again gray is nicer than the rest of y'all right and so but it was really cool to see like i not only because i wanted to like see if i could catch up but also like it was a really cool move and it was going to try out one of the new versions of one of the powers so i was just like man i really want to try this so before, when you hit the wall, like the end of a tile, you bounced back, right? Which is what you still do. But you used to push if, people along the track, yeah. Yeah, but if you have a certain power-up, you can actually exit that tile and enter in any tunnel yeah. anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So I had planned it out, like, like I was four tiles behind everyone else, but I planned it out to go pick up a treasure, run off the map, use that power-up, to suddenly jump out of a tunnel up next to Gray and Dennis and then do a loop and get two more treasures and end up right there with them. So it was like a super cool move. It brought me back into the game and Gray was kind enough to allow me to do it. <laughs> it's very if I nice. won, it's he very probably nice. would have been annoyed with it. <laughs> yeah. And for the record, um, for the record, uh, I played when I was playing Gray's game favored uh, and was about to win. Um, Nate did like the biggest dick move he possibly could have done just so that I wouldn't win. Uh, so, so great. That's the guy you helped out. Nate is super mean, doesn't care about others. Uh, and you helped him. So thanks for that. Great. Uh, I won. I won favor. That's true. 
<laughs> so I think also, I Mar- or, uh, Super Robo Country as well. I I don't know how I managed to win, but actually, neither do I. You're not historically great at games, so to be <laughs> right. <fun. laughs> so uh, so let's uh, let's talk about everybody's experience overall. Well, here's here's the thing I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about the food everybody ate because I feel like we all ate pretty good food. And banana, we've been talking for a while, so. Uh, why don't you go first and tell us about some of the food you ate? So the food in Grand Rapids is actually very good. Um, right. And I'm comparing this to like Indianapolis, like Gen Con. Um, the food at Indianapolis is not my favorite. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, yeah. Before, in general. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Before I like start any beef with someone who's just like, actually, the food's very good in Indianapolis. I don't know what you're talking about. It has a couple bright spots. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, Grand Rapids, food was great. Uh, coffee, very good. Like A plus, I mean, except for Starbucks. Like Starbucks is just like right, right. not good. Yeah. Um, but like there's Madcap uh, Coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Madcap's great. great. Um, there was another place that, um, so I hung out with, before the convention, I hung out with uh, my friend Adam Bess, who uh, is a tabletop role-playing game designer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were chatting and he was like, oh, you should really go to this one place. It's like got amazing coffee. Um, and I can't remember the name of it suddenly. It's like totally escaped my mind. But um, I feel like the coffee culture there is like very, very good, like very on point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only meh meal i had was uh probably at big b which was my mistake i shouldn't have had like food there i should just have solid coffee and just okay food yeah definitely i go there for the coffee not for the uh for the food yeah it was not good (laughs) yeah uh at water is the place right next you know like one block down from the center that we have typically gone to quite a lot I wasn't as impressed with the food this time. I don't know what it was, but I suddenly realized it was really just bar food and it was just decent bar food, nothing spectacular. So I, I, that like instigated me to go try some new places. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we want, um, my favorite was where we went to lunch on Saturday. I think it was right across, right. Literally across the street. Yeah. Yeah. R-O-A-M. Yeah. R-O-A-M. And uh, I guess the the Sanchez or Sanchez, however you want to say it, um, has other restaurants in Grand Rapids. But mm-hmm. the they whole idea of this one is it's street food from around the world. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what a brilliant idea. Street food is some of the best food. Any, any culture you go to has, you know, if it has street food, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they basically all their dishes were street food from various parts of the world. Yep. Um, so like Gray, you had fish and chips, right? Yep. Uh, and then um, Jason, Dennis, and I all had the poutine because you can't pass up poutine. Yep. <clears throat> and then I had these things called hash balls that were like hash browns yeah. uh, in the shape of a ball with some other stuff in it and some cilantro lime sauce. It was, it was very tasty. Kelly had, I don't remember what the dish was called, but I believe it was a Chinese dish. It looked like a, kind of like an omelet filled with pork. Oh, is it uh, a bing? I think so. Yeah, it, he loved it. Um, he only could eat about half of it. It was just this cool idea, and it, it was well executed. It was uh, really tasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Banana. I just remember the best thing I had, and that was at Fulton Bar and Grill. Or Fulton Pub and Grill? Pub and Grill. Bar and Grill. I don't remember, but 
um, it was like this dive bar and the drinks were like super cheap and they had that special, this like one special, which was like, uh, spend whatever money you want on a beverage, any beverage doesn't have to be alcoholic and you can get like a $6 burger. And I had like a vegan burger, uh, for $6 and it was really good. Nice. Nice. Highly recommend. Nice. And that's where, is that where Herb said he had the uh, fried chicken on the, on top of fried rice? Yeah. Fried chicken on fried rice. <laughs> he was raving about it like all weekend. Interesting. Sounds good. Wait, well, you guys went, uh, Friday night, you went to dinner somewhere. Where'd you go? You, Jason and Banana, didn't you guys? We went that? to Atwater. So oh, it was, it was, it was fine. Yeah. It was, it was not as good as it used to be. I feel like. The ketchup was um, great. The, oh my gosh, the smoky ketchup they have! Yeah, that was that was amazing. Oh, I did have that. I thought it was barbecue sauce, but yeah, like I, I'd order it with fries. So I it said ketchup, but it, I thought maybe they just gave us barbecue sauce. But that makes sense. Dennis and I went to Founders, walked over to Founders, and had a beer first night. Um, what else? Oh, and where did we go, Jason? Uh, where where we met our friends? Uh, what, what what were we trying to go eat at? Uh, oh, the brick and brick and porter, uh, brick and as porter, um, John suggested Chaffer. by John Chaffer. I do want to give a quick shout out, and then you can tell the brick and porter story. Um, we went to Little Bird, which was right down the street from there. Oh my gosh! Like banana, if you go back, uh, you got to go to Little Bird. They have the most amazing breakfast foods. Like it's like all fancy breakfast foods. I had like these French bread pudding, French toast sticks. On like a strawberry rhubarb compote, and it was oh, insane. It was insane how, how good it was. Like, oh my gosh! So yeah, I so, highly recommend that. So for dinner Saturday night, we go we uh, walked down a brick and porter, uh, and it was we wanted outside seating. We sat outside for all of our our meals, and uh, they had like you know good amount of outside seating. They'd actually blocked off part of the road. So that you could have more seating out there and everything, but it was sprinkling. Like mm-hmm. it rained hard for maybe two minutes, and two so we were just minutes, sitting yes. under the. We sat down outside under the little sort of tent thingy, and we tried to. We asked them if we could sit outside, and they're like, "No, it's going to rain." You know, the first first server was like, "It's supposed to rain." My manager says we can't eat seat any more people outside, and so then. Um, she left and a different server came back later. And so we asked her and we're like, Hey, it's not really supposed to rain anymore. And she's like, my manager says no, but you can order to go and eat somewhere. We're like, okay. I mean, it it was, uh, everything else was closed. So we didn't have a whole lot of choices anyway. Right. Right. Can we have it to go and just eat it right here? (laughs) Well, (laughs) yes. Maybe the most important question is wait, the, you can get beer to go too, <laughs> and but they were like, "Yeah, we can." One get- of the positives of yeah. uh, one of the positives of the pandemic is you can now buy beer to go. Right. So, yeah, it was draft. Yeah. It was draft beer too, not like. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, but then she came out a little while later, and she said, "You know what? Our manager said it was fine. You guys, you can sit here and eat." Uh, she basically admitted she'd been stalling. Like that, she kept like disappearing for a while. She was stalling until her manager just gave up and said, "We can stay." Yeah, I mean, which was we, amazing because she did not have to do that. But yeah, that was pretty cool. Like, thanks. Like, yeah, we didn't like. We definitely didn't want to p- 
put her in that situation. No, no. You know, like no. that wasn't certainly was not what we were trying to do. Um, we we're all just a little hangry at that point. <laughs> but so we're sitting there and behind Kelly is this table of two guys and two gals they are probably early 20s, you know, and this girl is talking very loudly about her friend Kenzie, who <laughs> apparently if I, I Kenzie, I guess, was uh, like trying to hit on the volleyball coach, but the volleyball coach was married and kept selling her no, but like his marriage was on the rocks. So she wasn't, and but Kenzie wasn't even on the volleyball team. Kenzie she wasn't was, even on the volleyball team. Why was she stalking him? Yeah. She's like, the other girl who was sitting there. And so this was all kind of amusing. Then Kelly, who's got his back to these people, just starts going, oh my God, my friend Kenzie. It just starts like totally go straight into like the, you know, 20 something Valley girl voice and very <laughs> loudly starts talking about this stuff. Kelly, no. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said, banana. I said, dude, dude, do not do this. Do not do this. Jason goes into anxiety mode like immediately. I have like a thundering headache. I feel like I'm going to work because I'm so hungry because we had like kept playing games until it was so late. Yeah. Uh, and then he's trying to start a bar fight with these people who I, I don't want to judge, but I'm just going to say they looked like the type of people that knew their way around a bar fight. No, um, they were and, fine. And I'm not one of those people. I don't know my way around a bar fight. I would have just shoved Kelly into them and then walked away briskly. <laughs> um, that is just a smile. Like, I actually was, I put my head on the table. I was laughing so hard. I could not stop laughing. Uh, <laughs> you're right, Jason. Like the two guys, they were not, they were chill, but like, I did think the girl at some point could have gotten up and slapped Kelly and he would have. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, it was like just the funniest thing the whole weekend. And maybe it was timing too. I just could not stop laughing so hard. Um, and I mean, every- it was the situation was funny cause it was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like I was just like, Oh gosh, like I, I, I can't deal with this right now. Y'all. Um, and frankly was a little shocked that Kelly did that. First of all, like, it's like, Kelly, come on. And in typical Kelly style, he brought it up multiple times the rest of the night and the next day. Yes. And, and those people has left pretty quickly after. Yeah. Wow. And he's still like the next morning. He was like, yeah, I had this friend last night. I was talking to him on the phone. We're like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, he's having this problem. I was like, oh, cool. He goes, yeah, this volleyball coach that I know. <laughs> I'm like, you got it. He just, he kept doing it. He kept doing it. In fact, Benita, you weren't in the Discord where we were trying to schedule this, but he was like, can we make sure that Kenzie is free for this recording? We're going to need her here to tell her side of the story. Um, well. I hope yeah. everything turns out well with the volleyball coach. Maybe not together because it seems like he's got something else going on. But I, I think this was college age, but... I don't think it was high school age, but I didn't like ask her to clarify. So I'm hoping it was at least college students. So we weren't getting into something even sketchier, you know? I hope so too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Me too. They, they appeared, I mean, they were out late on, on that night. I I like to think that they were like all like, you know, college age, at least. Gosh, I hope so. 
Right. Because, uh, yeah, because otherwise, yeah, I'm concerned. So we never go to a con without some kind of interesting story. Uh, thanks to thanks to people like Kelly. <laughs> so where were you, Gray, like while all of this was happening? Um, I didn't hang out with these idiots nonstop. Uh, there were for you. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were some other people that I have other friends, Jason. I don't know if you know this. You yeah, do. we were all shocked too. <laughs> My friend Kenzie. <laughs> uh, no, um, your spouse is there too with you, so that was you know. Well, Jason's uh, wife and kids came on Sunday, but you yes, kind of yep. the whole weekend, so you actually yep. looked like a, like a real person with a real social life. <laughs> uh, my wife uh, played a couple of the prototype games, uh, including the emoji game. Um, do, 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 mm-hmm. but she was mostly off. Um, I kind of abandoned her to just be like nonstop prototypes. And she was like, ah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a few published bits. Um, uh, one of, I want to bring up one game that I'm becoming more and more charmed with, uh, that saw a few plays with, um, my wife and, some of her friends. It's a game called Planet Unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who exactly the publisher is, but basically it's a, a polyomino game. You are... There's a cool, like, spinning tray that all the polyominoes go in, and basically you're you're putting down polyominoes that are, like, spreading out you developing, like, this unknown planet, the titular planet unknown. Um... Putting down tiles lets you go up on various tracks, which unlocks like uh, combos and powers and whatnot. And like the more times I've played it, um, like the more and more I'm charmed by it, like just how smoothly it plays, um, how creative you feel, like decking stuff around. And the box comes with like a ton of variability of like. the tracks you get to go up with are different corporations and there's variability in the different ones of those you pick. They have bonkers shapes of like planet boards. There's all like these generic circles that are planets, but also there's like, you could get a board that's three planets. You could get a board that's a black hole in the middle. And so like every, everything's reversed. You can only develop on the edges away from the black hole and there's ice planets and just all kinds of bonkers variability in there. And it's just so satisfying to to plunk down chipboard polyominoes in any game that has polyominoes. Makes me mm-hmm. desperate to uh, develop my own polyomino game, but uh, I got I got too many other things on my plate. <laughs> you don't know this because we're recording this now, but literally the last episode is all about polyomino games. Connor Wake and I—that's what we talk about for the whole episode. So we'll enjoy that. Okay. All right. And we never once accidentally say polynomials. But we were sure we were going to. That's a missed opportunity. Polynomial games designed by Reiner Kinizia. Um, Speaking of games by Reiner Kinizia, I want to give a shout out to a game that I played this weekend that was hands down the best game I've played in a while. Uh, And that game was Llama, the card game. And it's like L period 
L period A, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know what that stands for. Uh, but it's just this little card game that has the rules are written in a way that are very confusing with negative numbers for no reason. It feels like I feel like Reiner Kenichi was just like flexing his math degree there. Um, but I was like, uh, I don't know. We'll just blame it on a bad translation from German, right? That's... It could be. It was like you earn negative points, but then they just refer to them as points later. And I'm like, these are the same points. Otherwise, the game makes no sense. But and it, the lowest score wins, which would actually be the most negative points, but it actually meant closest to zero wins. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, because you saw me playing this game and I was explaining yeah. that to you. So, But so anyways... You read the rules and I'm like, oh, we're playing this with my kids, whatever. This is like, I almost said, let's not bother playing this. But we we suffered through the idea of playing it. And it's freaking amazing. We played it like five times in a row. It's so good. It um, to, essentially, it's you're just watch. Essentially, it's like Uno, where you're just trying to play. You know, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six. And you're trying to play those. But then you have a llama, which you play on top of a six. And then you've got a one that you can then play back on top of the llama. Uh, but you can play either the number that was played or plus one. And like, it was just, it was really cool um, playing it. And then you, you get these chips for your negative points that you're stuck with, but then you can give a chip back if you run out of cards. Like if you go out for the round um, and there are 10 point chips and one point chips and you can give away either. So like, you could be like literally in last place and then have one good round and be back in first place again. Um, so it was, it was super cool. Uh, I ordered a copy of it. Like as soon as I got home, I can't wait to get it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I really excited about that game so much more fun than I, than I thought it had any right to be. And it was nominated for the Kinderspiel. And I was like, I was like, why was this just because Reiner designed this? Nope. Nope. It's cause it's freaking good. That's why. Um, but change the rules, please, so that it's not confusing. So I think the I only played about three or four published games, but uh, we had a conversation early on Friday about Azul because I kind of said I don't know I I'm I feel like I, Azul is played out for me, but I've never played anything but the original version. And I guess Gray and, and Jonathan Chafford both have played some of the others. So talking about the pluses and minuses of that. So after. You, all of you went to bed on Saturday. Kelly and I went back to the con and we got out stained glasses of Centra and played it. And I think Gray, you were the one who said that the disappointing part of that game is at the end, you don't really have a thing in front of you. Like when you build a, in regular Azul, you end up with this mosaic in front of you, but the nature of stained glasses of Centra, you once you complete a, a column, you dump all those tiles back and you're empty again, you know, and actually once you complete a column twice, you completely remove it from your board. And so right into the game, you just, you don't have anything in front of you. And Azul has this very like visual appeal of like, look what I did, you know? And mm -hmm. so, so we played it and we had the exact same experience as like, I would never choose this one over original Azul, but I still haven't played like Queens garden or uh, summer pavilion yet. So, Maybe I'll like yeah, I would say, I would say the first Azul like is is like a very very good like puzzle game and you do get that small quadrant that is like these nice looking chunky tiles laid out. Same glass of Sintra, I love the pieces in that, but yeah, you basically dismantle your play area as you go through and score score things. Like it plays very well, but you don't have a satisfying tableau in front of you. 
Um, Summer Pavilion is the, that's the third one. Um, and it has like these diamond shaped tiles. And in that one, there's a lot of satisfying scoring. And by the end of the game, you have built out like this big, all these star shapes of tiles in front of you. And it looks very pretty. Um, the latest one, Queen's Garden, um, has these hexagonal tiles that lay out and it looks like a gorgeous garden of all like these purples and greens and yellows. Um, the scoring and the gameplay on that is a beast. <laughs> the, the, the analysis paralysis you could get from that is easily double than the other games. So even though that one looks super gorgeous, it is way more brain burning than, than all the other ones. I think it's too brain burning. Um, I think Summer Pavilion hits that sweet spot of like, it looks great and it plays very well. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. The, the other game. This episode played. brought to you by Azul Summer right. Pavilion. <laughs> Get that sponsorship money in. Yeah. Yeah. I think they have to know you're saying it if they if you want them to. <laughs> well, I doubt they listen to this podcast, so that's probably not going to help. Yeah. So yeah. Crap. Yeah. Anyways, um so yeah, all right. Um Banana, uh how did your I don't think we said like how did your playtesting go? Like that you were for the games you were playtesting, was that I don't know how close they are to done. They are very close to done. So they're both um, they're both TTRPGs. And so um, the first one is Revenants. The full title is Revenants, the Endless Cycle. Sorry, Endless Tunnel Beneath the City? Endless Loop Beneath the City. That's what it is. We've changed the name so many times. It's just like, what is it now? <laughs> um, but basically it's about, uh, so you're undead. You are Revenants. You have been brought back to life. And uh, there are two settings. So the one, the first setting is uh, Paris in 1911, and then the second setting is uh, New York in the 1920s. And so uh, you've brought back, you've been brought back to life, and you have to uh, basically like complete a thing, like make sure that um, a culprit doesn't like do a thing. And so along the way, you're solving your own murder and how it's you know uh, affiliated or associated with like this this culprit or this group of culprits. Um, and then at the end of like a cycle, uh, the time loop restarts. So it's a time loop game where, um, if you don't figure things out, then by sunrise, uh, the, the loop restarts and you have to like start over again. Uh, you remember everything, but this time you might want to do things differently. And so that went really well. Um, the players loved it. all day eating ice cream, but exactly you can just like, not anytime you're in a time loop you spend a day eating ice cream right isn't that <laughs> i've seen shows sorry go ahead <laughs> it's the best way to do it right um why not right? the rest of the players are just like why why are we doing this uh and also you're undead so it might be a little tricky to eat ice cream as an undead person um but yeah the players loved it so that was great it does use a um a pbta system so powered by the apocalypse system 2d6 nice. Uh, but it does have like a lot of different moving parts, including like the the time loop board. So there's like a board that uh, basically lists off all the events that happened. And so like if players go back to a specific location, then that event will happen again. Um, it 
and it also has to be like that specific time. And so um, we added that in. We also added like cards, sort of like Tixit style cards where like people can look at images and like come up with prompts based on that. Um, nice. Yeah. And I think everyone liked it. Everyone had a really good time. They said they really enjoyed it. So uh, that was good. The second game that I ran was Team Dung. And uh, the group for that was not as full as the second game that I ran, uh, not as full as Revenants. And so I had to like grab my friend Maya and be like, hey, do you want to play a game last minute? So I only had two players for that, but that was fine. Like I played it uh, with two players in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I GM that. Uh, Tindang uh, Diaspora in Space is the full title of that. Um, we love our big, long titles for things. Uh, and that's basically about being a gig economy worker in space and it's like in the future and uh it's about like the chinese diaspora but like it's also in space now and your ship is sentient um and it's programmed to be like one of uh the many chinese gods and so depending on which ship you choose uh they might want to do something else they might want to like you know go on a shopping trip versus like completing the gig or they really want you to complete the gig otherwise they're gonna shut down like all of your video console, video game consoles, and just like not let you play video games or something like that. Oh, no. Right? Like who <laughs> wants with that? Yeah. And so um, we had a good time with that. The scenario I ran, I ran with that was um, pest control. So like they had to like figure out how to like take a whole bunch of these random invasive pests from this planet and like do something with them not have them in the area that they're like you know paid to pay to deal with so that was interesting that was fun i think the players liked it uh i am happy about it there are a few things that i need to tweak including typos but other than that i think we're in a good place so you said you gm'd that one uh is revenants also a game with the gm or is it yes okay yeah so i gm'd uh, revenants as well so um that one, Revenants, it was uh, me plus four players, which basically is a full, or no, it was three players. One person was missing. And so it was like almost a full table except for one person. Um, and then the second one was uh, two players and a GM. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So finally here, I just wanted to kind of go through and just talk about, um, have everybody just kind of sum up their overall experience and how they felt about um you know, how they felt about the, um, the con in general, like how, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, just curious. I know from my perspective, um, the mask situation was about what we think we all expected, uh, when you say master encouraged, but not required. Uh, I mean, that's just kind of what it's going to be like. And I know I did find out, uh, just to give, you know, fair info about the con that, um, the County that it was in didn't allow them to, I don't know if they would have required masks, but they could not in the county. The best they could do was say, Hey, like have masks. Um, so yeah. Yeah. But, um, overall I really enjoyed the con. I was really happy with how well it went. I love that my family could come on Sunday and play a ton of games. Uh, and they, the kids could buy too many things. Uh, I literally bought one thing, uh, until sunday and then the kids spent all my money so yeah i mean that's what it's like having kids but uh if you take them somewhere like that so yeah but it was a good time i think uh, i saw you running around with like i i think one of your kids tried to basically get you to buy that cotton candy that was like next to us I saw yes, yes. running off to get cotton candy 
We did. We did. Yeah. The we cotton candy's good. I broke down and I got one of the flavors. I got a sour apple and it's, it's actually amazing. I've never had a sour flavoring in a cotton candy before, yeah, cool. but it's, it works great. It, it was a good product. Nice. Nice. Uh, Gray, how about you? Um, what was your overall take and experience on the con? Um, I'm definitely going back to uh, Grand Con 9, and I'll help set up the game library again. Um, I, I love the space that it was in. Um, I'd love for them to be in that room again. Um, they have a bit more space that they could expand out, um, or, or rather get more uh, people in that same room. Um, I think it worked pretty well, though, um, as, as not totally full as it was, it allowed us to like space out more because, you know, um, our specific group, like kept wanting to be masked and away from people who weren't masked. Um, so we could, we had a little breathing room. We could set our like bags down next to us. Like that was good. Um, I, I, Gotta assume they want to attract a few more vendors and a few more um, like game publishers and whatnot mm-hmm. to maybe release stuff there, or 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 sell special stuff. Um, that might only happen if they get more attendees and a bigger room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure it's kind of a balancing act for for Brian and like whoever else he's working with. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I got to see you guys and a bunch of other people that I hadn't seen face to face for a good couple years. Um, as, as my first big con since the before times, mm-hmm. um, like it was a good one. Very cool. Banana. How about you? Yeah, I had a fun time. Uh, Grand Rapids is a weird city and I really <laughs> like weird cities. Um, and I love Grand Con uh like just being there as a guest is a lot of fun so yeah definitely would love to to come back awesome and how about you nate it's like i hated it i don't ever want to go again (laughs) what are you talking about no um it's still my favorite way to end the con season you know it's just so chill and laid back and yeah i get to see people that i don't get to see very often um, I think next year we are going to try to do like a big house and bring families too and, and explore Grand Rapids. Like some of the adults will go to the, to Grand Con, some will take the kids um, at least two of the three days and we'll bring the kids to the con one day or something. So yeah, I'm still looking forward to coming next year. And, and I always enjoy this as a sort of way to wrap up the summer and uh, you know, the con season. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And for me next year, uh, now that you mentioned that we're going to actually, we found a campground that's about 15 minutes away. So we're just going to bring our camper up, uh, stay there and then just let the, uh, you know, then Steph and the kids can hang out. They can go to the zoo and stuff, and then they can still come over to Grand Con for one of the days. And the Grand out. Rapids Zoo is, is really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I it's, mean, it's got a lot of stuff in, in 2023. They're going to have pygmy hippos. So. Right. I mean, yeah, I, right. I mean, pygmy hippos. I, yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. Same, right same, by your house, too, bro. You can just hop right over there. Right. Oh, right. One of the best zoos in the United States, and I still loved the Grand Rapids Zoo comparatively. Like, um, it was it's a it's well used, well used, you know, good use of space and everything. So, 
definitely worth checking out. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Before we're done here, let's uh, check in with Kelly one more time. So overall experience of the con, your takeaways, um, what was great? Uh, will you, do you plan on attending once again, you know, the next time? Oh, the overall experience of Grand Con was great as usual. Um, it was kind of nice since it was so underpopulated. We had plenty of room mm -hmm. to sit down, play whatever we wanted, all that. Um, that was nice, right? And, there was yeah. always like a huge swath of tables where we could just grab a spot and literally not be within 20 feet of anyone else, which was good because there were a lot of not masked people. So that was nice Yeah, uh, to and be able to have that gap of space. That's true. That's very true. I like that. Um, again, it's always, I always make a point to go to Grand Con if for no other reason than like it is pretty chill and you get to talk to people, stand and talk to people. It's not like Gen Con where you've got, or you're rushing from event to event or, mm -hmm spending four hours uh sludging through the vendor hall um right 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 hall. right yeah the vendor hall is quite small but for yeah. being small there was some good stuff packed in there there was there was there was i picked up the uh i think it's called layer from game in a curry uh mm -hmm. this one game because it kind of scratches a niche for a game that i was like everyone has that one game title that they want to do yours mm -hmm. has always been now come the wolves one of mine is uh the mine shaft gap from Dr. Mm. Strangeloved and wanting to build uh, a, uh, yes. compete building underground bunkers to survive the nuclear winter. But <laughs> so the, the layer game looked like it was going to scratch that itch. So I wanted to try it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall experience, pretty great. Uh, while the aesthetics of our Airbnb was great, was not fun walking up the four steep flights of stairs. And I say, right. Yeah. Because it, well, one, the elevator was broken too. And I say steep because uh, they were, t it was fourth floor, but it was 12 foot ceiling. So it was really more like the sixth floor. Sure and... was. Sure was. Yeah. And yeah. carrying our bags up there, uh, you realize how heavy those bags are as you start to carry those up there. <laughs> and also how often I don't do stairs beyond one floor because I have yeah. a floor in my house and I probably go up at 20 times a day. Like, no exaggeration because my office is at the bottom of the stairs. Everything else is upstairs. I go up and down the stairs a lot. But uh, it's one flight, not, you know, six. So yeah. it, there's a difference. There's a big difference. <laughs> and those those four extra feet on that flight really uh, add some extra to it, too. Especially when you're not expecting it, right? And you're yeah. wearing a mask and it's just like it was just a, it was a lot. But the yeah. the the room uh, that we had, the um, the apartment was was great. It was just a yeah. little loft, but it was uh, or not a loft. It was a little studio. Uh, yeah. No, I guess it wasn't even. A, it was a one bedroom apartment. I'm just going to say apartment styles until I get the right one. Um, yeah. All right. But yeah, uh, it, no, was, it was it was nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Looked great. Um, very loud. Yeah. So we did uh, we did stay above a bar uh, Flanagan's uh, and that was pretty awful for like for the sound of everything. I mean, it was so loud um it, I, I fell asleep it didn't bother me it more bothered me when i was awake because it was yeah. just kind of annoying um mm -hmm. that and uh so we we had an awesome view of the parking garage and when i say awesome view of the parking garage i mean like if you opened the window you could have reached out and touched the parking garage that's how close it was um which whatever it didn't matter i, I love a city view just because i love like the lights of the city and stuff but um uh, the, what was so crazy was, so we had our curtains closed, 
but the glow, the ambient glow from the lights there on the uh, on the parking garage made it look like morning. So like I woke up to go like and needed to go to the bathroom and was like, oh, it's morning crud. And then I looked and I'm like, oh, no, it's 3 a.m. Then I go to the bathroom and I come out, which wakes you up. Who You didn't say anything to me at the time, but you were like, oh, crap, it's morning. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was pretty funny. Like you literally had no concept of time because it always looked like there was like the dawn's light coming in. <laughs> it was yeah. pretty weird. It was pretty weird. And then somewhere at 7 a.m. on Sunday, there was like blaring loud music playing outside. And I don't I could never figure out what it was from. It sounded like it was permeating the city. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Was it religious and music? Because that that would it, that would actually track with the city. So that's, I actually think it was. It was OK, then then yes, then that's that was like an early church service or something or a prep for a church service would be my okay. would be my guess there. So, yeah. Yeah. And we did have our, our bar regular. We got to see every morning on the way out. Yes, there was a man that, uh, yeah, was, uh, yeah, always hanging out there in the morning. So uh, we mm-hmm. saw that. Yeah. Ran into yeah, overall later in Grand the day, Con- just walking around and asking for SIGs. So, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. But overall, yeah, Grand Con, great time. Definitely, well, definitely paying to be back oh, yeah, again. Yeah. yeah, definitely would do Grand Con again anytime. Just might not pay the extra for convenience that we thought we were getting for the Airbnb right next to the convention center. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Kelly. Um, great. Well, Hey everybody, it's been super duper awesome that we could all get together and hang out and chit chat. Is there anything else anybody wants to throw out there? No. All right. Uh, well, Hey listeners, I hope you enjoyed our recap of Gen Con. Uh, Gen Con. <laughs> Grand Con. I was about to say it wasn't as rowdy as the recap from Grant from Gen Con. Uh, but Nicole wasn't here. So that's what happens when Nicole's not here. Um, but anyways, uh, we hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, of course, you can go to buildingthegamepodcast.com and uh, you can uh, look up our Discord there and you can join our Discord channel, which is really fun. And we have lots of conversations. We have our weekly meetups and you should definitely do that because Gray is there every week. Nate is never there. Uh, Banana's not even in the channel, uh, which is fine. I'm not, no, I'm not throwing shade at you. <laughs> I just was feeling like I should mention everyone. Uh, and Kelly shows up randomly. Uh, so yeah, yeah, but you should do that. If you want to email us, you can do that at, uh, building game podcast at gmail.com. Or of course, the best place to find us all is on the Twitter. And that is, uh, at podcast BTG at J a Slingerland at Nate Darty at gray Dietrich and at banana Chan games. I think I'm changing. I'm going to change my handle to uh, at Kenzie Loves Volleyball. So <laughs> I was just trying to think of my Kenzie joke to close down the show. <laughs> uh, awesome. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Kenzie. <laughs> Wherever she may be. Uh, I, I want to end this. I want to end this episode on a high note. So I pulled up Twitter because I always panic that I don't remember people's Twitter handles. So I always pull them up real quick, even though I generally remember them. Um, but I see a, a tweet from, from uh, my friend, Hannah Schaefer, who I believe, you know, as well, banana yes. uh, designer. Yes. And I just want to read this tweet out of context because it's great. 
It says, my mom just told me straight face that there's a guy who attends every company Zoom meeting in a pool floaty uh, outside in his pool, and no one knows who he is, but they call him Shirtless Scott. So... <laughs> <laughs> That might be my favorite tweet I've ever read. Um, shirtless Scott. <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, Kenzie could check out uh, Shirtless Scott. So yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> please come back next week. Uh, yes, please do. <laughs> but until then, good night. Good night. Good night. 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 Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. The end of the episode, that's when it technically ends.